Welcome to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where you hear the good, the bad, and the ugly of how real estate agents overcame challenges and grew their business. Check out the episode notes at crushitinre.com slash podcast. Now here's your host, Lindsay Favaza. Welcome back to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Favaza. And today, sitting in front of me on the screen, at least, is Mr. Anthony Castellano. Anthony, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. So as you guys probably know, Anthony was on stage with us back in February for our Crush It Real Estate event. So he is no stranger to the Crush It in Real Estate world and spotlight. Um, so you crushed it back then, Anthony, and I'm sure you're going to do that today. So we're excited to have you on this. Thank you. It was an, uh, an honor and a privilege to be up there with some other great agents. Uh, it was a good time, a little bit easier than I thought it was going to be, but I'm excited to be back with you. Yeah, well, you earned that spot because there's a lot of people that watch what you do and they want to hear and they want to know, you know, how you've done it in such a short amount of time. I mean, I try not to bring age into the mix, but you are younger for a real estate agent. Yeah. So, you know, it's a it's a huge accomplishment to have gotten to where you are. So you should be proud of it. And there's a reason that people invite you to be on stage and invite you to be on podcasts. So you're doing a great job. Well, thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate that. No one that can listen to this can see, but he's turning red. And that's, you know, <laughs> his modesty at, at play here. So, all right. So, Anthony, why don't you take us back? Um, you, like I said, you're younger as far as your age go. But like mm -hmm. I said before, you've been very experienced in the business now. You've been at this for how many years? What year did you get licensed? This is, this is year five. I got my license the summer of 2018 and um, started mid-fall, kind of dragged my feet a bit, but started mid-fall and was off and running there. Perfect. So first year, give us the lowdown. First year through five years, what has your, um, you know, your sales been and, and you know, how have you grown your business over time? Uh, first year was actually great comparative to, I think, your average agent. I uh, did pretty well, ended with 14 closings. I was getting some solid lead sources from my brokerage, which made it a lot easier starting out between the training and, and the leads that were coming in. I was just really able to kickstart the business. Um, gave me a bit more of a leg to stand on with my sphere. And after year two, uh, another year with mostly um, leads from my brokerage, I was able to kind of make that shift. And I remember starting out, it was company leads, agent leads, and year two got closer. And then year three, four, it's just been making that nice swing. And uh, you're absolutely right that, you, yeah, you need that kind of like pull with your sphere because mm -hmm. they don't believe that you really know what you're doing. And it's almost harder to convert them before right. they see that you actually know what you're doing. So having those exactly. at bats, as we like to call them, is super important. I agree. My broker and I might not like me saying it, but um, when I talk to the newer agents, I tell them that it's almost like practice. That's they, these people, they don't know you. They know you as an agent. You can kind of fake it till you make it at that point. And as long as you're confident and know what you're doing, um, it's really, like you said, at bats, it's almost like building a resume for your sphere. They see that you sell in a certain town that they maybe didn't know. And, it, and it's just that much more to stand, of a leg to stand on. So you also, though, have spent a lot of time educating your sphere so that you could get to that point where they did trust you. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the things that you did in the early stages and maybe you still continue to do now to kind of get the word out that you were starting to see success? And what were some of the marketing tactics that you used to get that word out? 
Um, well, that's easy. I mean, the, the basic ones that every agent does, you have your email list, you have your mailers. Um, but nowadays, there's no secret that social media is really the biggest thing, um, at, at least in my opinion, and maybe for my age group, but even even for older agents, it's it's Facebook and Instagram. It's free, which is the best part. And it's like I said, it's a resume almost. You just you put it out there, what you've sold, where you've sold. And like you said, Lindsay, the educating part is really what's going to it's kind of the final key to pulling people in, people that you know in and, and people that they know they're going to share your info with other people. It's, it's just a web that you put out there. Yep, absolutely. And you have to keep telling people. So mm-hmm. I know, like I said in the beginning, you are very modest and, and humble. So it's I'm sure for a lot of agents, it's hard for them to say, well, I mean, I closed the deal, but like, I don't want to be braggy about it. So what do you have to say about that as far as, you know, getting people past mm-hmm. that kind of blockage that they have? Uh, I think it's a fine line to dance on of bragging and showing off, but I forget who I heard say it, but it was on another podcast actually. And he said, if you're not going to promote your business, who is? So that that's really what it is. I, I mean, it's not about saying how much you sold or the numbers that you did, but you have to put out there what your production numbers are. It's, it's again, it's a resume. People see it and that's their first introduction to you or maybe your second, but that's where they see you. I think we talked about it before, before we went on stage, actually. Um, it's the best way to be in front of people without being in their face. They're just scrolling and they see your information. You're not saying, hey, I sold this or I sell this. It's just there and, and they come across it. So when you have a sold client, what do you do? Take me through the steps of like how you do kind of spread the word. You do postcards, you do some kind of social media post. And what does that social media post look like or say? Um, well, it's, it's always thanking the client because it's, that's a fact we wouldn't be there or without that. Um, that's the main goal. want to make sure that if it's a buyer, we get them the right house at a great price, which in this market is getting a little tougher, but we're, we're still able to do it. Um, so it's, it's thanking them and making sure that they're comfortable and congratulating them on such a huge step. And again, a huge feat in this market. And then same thing with the seller, the opportunity to work with the seller is, more rare in this market and always like to thank them and make sure we're doing a good job for them. But posting that out there, sharing that, I I mentioned the towns, not everyone knows that an agent can sell in Wilmington, Mass, in Medford, Mass, in Charlestown, and in different neighborhoods of Austin. They think sometimes it's in one specific area, but I, I mean, you've seen it. I almost took this call from my car. We're, we're all over the place. So putting that out there, it, um, it, it, it just helps spread the word there. Yeah, absolutely. And if mm-hmm. you're not within the Massachusetts market, you know, Wilmington to Charlestown is a very good distance. So yeah, we definitely funny. as agents, you guys cover so such a huge area. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't, which is OK, but you can get referral money from it, too. So oh, and then absolutely. there's, you know you know, referral, you know, money for, you know, any company, regardless, we all also Mm -hmm. use, you know, the leading RE connections. But like I said, any, any brokerage has their referral partner. So that's always helpful as well. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, go right ahead. Um, Just yesterday, I uh, got my license in Florida. So anyone looking down there, I'll be down there as well. Also licensed in New Hampshire. 
Um, but so what's tri-state. your plan? New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Florida, what's your plan now that you have that? What is your, you know, what do you got your eyes set on? Give us a little hint. Kind of working on that. I'm not too sure, but I know I wanted the license, whether it's just to send some more referrals down there or maybe be a snowbird, but we'll see. We'll see kind of how it shakes out. I love that you're prepping to be a snowbird already. I mean, that is like some good preparation, my friend. That'd be nice. (laughs) Let's take a quick break to hear from Greg Janian, a prominent real estate lawyer who represents buyers, sellers, and lenders, as he shares his latest tip. The tip I'm going to talk about today is confidence. You know, confidence starts with education. You know, all of you have that opportunity to train and learn and, and understand the business more. And, you know, and the key that all that education and training brings is confidence. If you project confidence, people will believe what you have to say and they'll believe that you're going to be able to do a good job for them. You always see the term, we're practicing law. We're always practicing because it's always changing and we're always having to stay up to date and learn. It's the same thing with real estate and realtors and brokers. You know, you're always practicing and learning and training for the next transaction. Know what you don't know. I always say that to my to the realtors I work with. You know, it's easier for them to pick up a phone and call us and ask us a question before they go and make an offer and mess it up before we even get a chance to work on it. So know what you don't know and don't be afraid to tell a client, wow, I've been doing this five years, I've never run into that. Let me reach out to one of my experts that I work with regularly and, and ask them what they think of it. You know, they will appreciate that as opposed to you giving them some bad advice that needs to be worked on and cleaned up later on. And use all those resources you have. Use your brokers, use your attorneys, use your friends in the business. We're all around all the time and 95% chance we've all been through it. We've seen it happen before. So, you know, don't be afraid to make the call before you make the offer. Thanks, Greg. Now let's get back to the show. Exactly. I know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you can do it, you want to do it early. So I think that's a great idea. And Mm -hmm. you're right. There's such a huge connection to Mass and New Hampshire down to Florida. So it's just, Mm -hmm. it it makes sense that that would be the next thing. So congratulations on that. That's huge. Thank you. So as far as your social media game, let's get into Mm -hmm. that a little bit more. Because I do think that that's something that you're always, you know, talking about and that you put a lot of time and effort into. So explain Mm -hmm. how much time and effort and how you kind of come up with different ideas for your posts. I know that every time I grab my phone, I see you in those stories. So talk about stories versus posts. Like, give me some of that strategy that you use to build your social media presence. Um. I guess base strategy with a story is I like to at least have one. I don't ever want to look at it and see like the plus sign next to my name. I don't want to have to add one if there's nothing there because then you're just not keeping at least relatively consistent views. I mean, I am not as numbers driven as some people where I don't always pay attention to, I need X amount of views or X amount of impressions on something. It's just kind of about, about being out there. And I think it's more natural that way. If I'm at an inspection, which I was at earlier, I'm going to say that I'm at an inspection. Um, If I'm at a showing and the house looks great, I'm going to get probably more shots than just the exterior that I'll post at just about every showing. Um, And and that goes back to the the resume of kind of where you sell. Uh, Geotag it that I'm in this area or I'm I'm in New Hampshire for this this day. it's it's huge. It's gotten me referrals to go over the border and, and, and shop some of those border towns in New Hampshire with buyers that have agents that aren't licensed up there. Um, but back to the stories, that's really it. If I can do a healthy mix of 
me. I like to golf. I was at the Sox game last night. I'll post some of that stuff. So I look like more of a normal person. Like I think I am. Do that stuff. A lot of educational stuff. Um, I just got my email with last week's um, market stats. So tomorrow, yeah, Thursday morning, I'll be posting that. I try to be really consistent with that stuff just so that it's always the same timeline and the same numbers. And then really just some buyer tips and stuff like that or seller tips that whether it comes up in a conversation with a client, if I think, oh, you know what, someone else has asked this question, I'll put it out there. I'll do that. So it's kind of a healthy balance and and trying not to be too, I don't want to say annoying, but too annoying on there. It's again, it's a fine line of how much you can do and then how much stuff not everyone needs to see. Yep, for sure. And you do do, like you said, a little bit of that personal. I, you know, mm-hmm. we know that you like to golf. We know that you're a big sports fan. Mm-hmm. We know that you and your girlfriend like to go out for nice dinners. I always see we you do. guys posting we, about that kind of stuff. <laughs> we do. So like, yep. that's, that's super important to show the personal side too, because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, they want to work with someone that they like, that they know, right. like, and trust. And mm-hmm. you're just building that up. So something else that you didn't mention, but I know that you've been doing too, is some agent guided tours and some property yes. type, like more mm-hmm. polished videos. So when I do you do think that. it's in, it's important to kind of get away from just the quick stuff on your phone and s- like start to put a little bit of strategy into having something a little bit more polished as well? Like, do you have a strategy there or is it just whenever you yeah. have a listing or what's your thought? Um, definitely whenever I have a listing. It's, I like to do it as a, uh, I kind of just went through this with Melissa, my assistant yesterday. I like to do the agent guided tour and may, it has to look pretty because it's going to be a real post. If it's a story, I don't care. It's going to be on my phone. It's easy. But if it's a, a post, a video or a reel, um, it, it, I think it has to look like a better production. Uh, people see that that's, they see that. And, and that's back to the resume. That's what people are looking at. And, um, it, it makes a difference whether it's going to that one video with a certain view is going to sell the house or it's really just going to put the word out there that that I have this and other agents are going to bring buyers to it. It's um, I think it's huge. The agent guided tours are great. And I mean, my brokerage makes it easy on me. We, we try. Yeah. <laughs> we try to give you all the tools that we can. Yeah, so definitely. the other thing is, too, as far as these videos and stuff go, how do you, you know, how does your sellers feel about them? Like, I'm sure that it's a value add to them as well. So what kind of mm-hmm. feedback have you gotten from sellers on these types of things? Um, it's almost always been good. They they like it. They, it shows that it's the extra. It's just more than your average agent is doing. I, I mentioned I like them as coming soon. So it, it they like the idea that we're getting out there, kind of testing the market, putting the word out and and really just pushing their property more than just throwing it on MLS and getting it on Zillow and getting it online. So it's, uh, it's just that extra step with, I don't want to call it minimal effort, but it's, it's not that hard to do. We get out there and we shoot for 30 minutes and hopefully no longer than that. I don't think Brandon would like me if it takes much longer than that. I know a lot of the, clients that you've worked with in the past have been new construction. And mm-hmm. I know that you, you know, gravitate and, and have a lot of clients like that in your portfolio. So explain to someone who is interested in getting more of that business, how mm-hmm. they can get that kind of business and what kind of tips and strategies you have for working with those types of clients. Um, well, I, I was lucky in a sense where I grew up with, with family being in construction, um, family being developers. I kind of learned how to deal with other developer clients by 
by seeing how other agents would interact with them when I was younger. And then now how I interact with them. I, I think the best thing to do is really you, you have to provide value. Um, some people think that as agents, all we do is open a door and let them in. Uh, sometimes that might be the case with a regular property, but with the developer, obviously they know what they're looking for, but sometimes we can, we can bring that much more value by finding the right house or a house that maybe works in a different way. I believe on stage, I talked about condo conversions. It's nothing new to anyone, but finding those uh, where you can add, add some space in the attic, add some space in the basement. If you as the agent can point that out and bring that to a developer or, or some of you, I mean, a flipper or anyone that wants to take on a project just by having that much more knowledge towards the, towards the project, they're going to take you a lot more seriously. And as long as you're not bringing them just every single listing, these guys get bored. We talk about uh, disc personality. I think every developer is going to be a D personality. They, they're quick. They want to see what's going on. They, they know what they're looking for. And um, we just have to work with that. Um, another one, you see how I'm dressed. My second meeting with probably my biggest developer client, I showed up in a suit and he mocked me for it. I'm cool with that. I, I wear my, I dress nice when I have to, but I, I think dressing the part is huge. Uh, again, Anthony might not like me saying that, but um, when I show up on a job site, I'm not wearing a suit. I, I know these guys and uh, I want to work kind of with them, not coming you in. You got to know your suit. audience. That's, exact, that's, that's, it. that's not a what, problem. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> you got to know the audience, show up. Um, there are times when I'm in there kind of helping out just to, again, just to be there and show them that I'm working for them. But uh, back to tips and stuff for maybe a newer agent trying to step into it, have a general idea of what setbacks are, of what the um, requirements are, what you can do, what you can't do by right. Um, just general stuff like that. Um, design tips, what people are looking for. That's minor stuff. But um, knowing knowing what towns you want to work in, knowing what towns they want to work in. As far as getting the knowledge that you explained, if someone wants to work with these type of clients, what kind of resources would you say? Like maybe they kind of partner up with some kind of builders and get some advice from them or like a home inspector or like what would be some resources of educating themselves on that kind of stuff? You know, that's a good question. Like I said, I kind of have been around it. So a lot of this stuff has come maybe more second nature. And I would hate to say, ask a builder because that deep personality, they aren't always willing to take their time and explain some stuff. Um, I would say, listen to podcasts, maybe not this one for, for building advice, but, um, find ones that talk about building, talk about real estate development, and, um, you're going to learn a ton. That's what I started doing probably back in 2019. And, I think, again, I mentioned it on stage. I, I heard a lot about condo conversions in and around the city of Boston. And I decided that's something that I wanted to get involved in. As an agent, it's great. You acquire one property. And when it's done, you sell two properties. So from an agent perspective, it's kind of a dream seller, buyer and seller client. Um, so getting to getting to work and finding that and then making calls, stop. I mean, there's no shame in stopping by a job site, an active job site, as long as it's safe. Um, and trying to meet the builder and introduce yourself, see if they have bandwidth for new projects and then 
hit the road and try to find some other projects, whether they're on market, um, off market by door knocking, calling. Um, I've sent letters, um, really just putting the word out that that's what I'm looking for. And after you've gotten a few, um, other agents, they reach out with, with projects like that saying, Hey, I have this place coming on. It's a contractor special. It, it's not going to qualify for conventional financing. We're going to need someone that can come in buy a cash and go to work. And I uh, just, again, by putting that out there, that that's what I look for. And that's what I have clients that are ready and willing and able to buy uh, more opportunities have come my way. You've niched a little bit in that, not, not in a way that you're too niched, but in a way that you, you have this niche that you can support and work with. And then I'm sure you're building up this database of clients too. So when these other opportunities open up, like it just, it helps you overall. So that's great. So what advice would you give to someone, um, outside of just new construction and all of that, but just in general, someone who is young and hungry in this business, what would be your biggest piece of advice to them as far as getting started and getting their sales off the ground? In general, find a great broker that trains you on what to do and not just how to get up and make phone calls and provide you with a solid lead source. That is the best way to do it. Um, it's tough to rely on or expect your sphere to, to go to you when you haven't had any experience, um, back to using the company leads as practice. Um, you got to practice, right. You got to do the, the right job. But as you get through a few of those, you're just going to be more comfortable moving forward and getting, um, getting into these situations with people that you're closer with. You don't want to, you don't want it to be your first time. You would rather that be with a stranger. Yeah. I mean, it sounds funny, but it's it, like, you don't want you don't want funny coming out. You don't want your first client experience to be with your best friend who, if something right. goes awry or if you're trying to figure it out that you can't really fake it at that point, yeah, if you have exactly. someone that's, that makes a lot more sense. Head there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Your friends or family are going to kind of know if you're bullshitting a little bit. Um, you could probably do a better job of that with, um, with a client that doesn't know it's your first sale or your second sale or your third sale. Um, as long as you kind of, as long as you do your homework and know absolutely everything on the listing sheet, know what school district you're in, just know basically everything you need to. And all it does is takes a little bit of studying and um, figuring it out. Um, Lindsay, actually, I'm on my phone now, but I'm using my laptop as a as a stand. It's kind of funny. I have back to the the uh, contractor stuff. I found something in a city that uh, I'm not too familiar with. And I actually have the table of dimensional requirements and density regulations up. Um, back to doing your homework and just knowing what you're looking for. It's right here. It's, uh, it's constantly learning you're, and constantly you're putting your shoes. Up. Yeah. Putting your shoes, putting yourself in that person's shoes and what are they going to need to know to make it mm -hmm. a smooth transition for them or sale for them. And, you know, you fake it till you make it and you get on there and you look for the information that you can find to help exactly. them out. I think that's that's awesome. So, yeah. well, good luck with that deal for sure. Yeah, I'm sure I, they'll, I they'll be lucky to have you. And <laughs> thank you so much for doing this with me today. I really appreciate oh, you sharing all your knowledge. What we're going to do is in the show notes too, mm -hmm. we will also link to all of your social media pages so that these people can all follow you so that they can get some tips Please. and ideas from some of the things that you talked about today. So again, thank you so much, Anthony, for thank always you. being willing to share and well, definitely 
follow Anthony on social. He is a wealth of knowledge and um, just all the best in all the years to come. I'm sure we'll Thank you, talk Lindsay. a million more times between now and I'm then. Sure but, we you will. Know. And uh, I'm glad we made it through the technical difficulties. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next episode of The Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate. Thanks for listening to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. We hope you learned some valuable takeaways. Be sure to take action and grow your business. You can check out the episode notes and more content from the show at crushitandre.com slash podcast. And if you like this episode and want to hear more stories, please share with others, post on social media, or leave a rating or review. To catch the latest from Anthony, follow him on Instagram at Crush It In Real Estate on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.